coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hey Kids Comics. This is issue 333. I am Andrew Farmer. With me as always, the Jedi Call Houston. Good evening, everybody. How you doing, you little devil, you? Uh, I'm, I've been through hell and back. And... Yeah, you have. <laughs> you know, it's fitting that you sent me a picture today of you had replaced a... Um, oh, yes, that, the timing was... Was great, yeah. One of my Eagle Moss figurines that was destroyed by an idiot, or partially destroyed, and I was able to replace it at a nice price. Uh, none other than uh, Trigon the Terrible. Yeah, which I still to this, I, I you sent it to me, and the first thing that I could think of was it had better it, it had better come with Live Aid action because the thing looks like Freddie Mercury from. Uh... <laughs> The way well, the angle is why the it. packaging it says Deo. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. It better come with Deo action, because if not, man, you're getting ripped off. Yeah. Uh, but this is, we've been talking about this for quite a while. This is 333, man. We are halfway to hell. Halfway to hell. We're somewhere that's between right. living on a prayer and highway to hell. Um, not sure which one we're actually landing on, but we've managed to make it. 333 issues um, and there's no I think this is the right time to talk about things that we've touched on in a lot of different issues but never really talked about in, in depth and that is you know your 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 demons your satans your very you're buried in, in uh your cornucopia uh, various uh, lesser imps and demons and of course the great satan himself who's Red and scaly has a uh, has a bifurcated tail and carries a hay fork. <laughs> fans of Oh Brother, where art thou? And there are so so many. Uh, the first thing that I need to say is in all my research, and then when I start thinking, and I'm going to say up top, I am removing the Neil Gaiman stuff from this issue, uh, in by in large by and large because it is very very clear, you know they. Neil Gaiman has a very, very clear vision, and I think it deserves its own issue. That's what I'll say. That's that's a good point. Because they, Gaiman has his heaven, and he has his hell, and he's built a, worlds around them with Lucifer and with the Dreaming and with you know all of his various characters that don't really cross over into DC. I know they're trying to, so we're going to get angry messages saying, well, they're doing it, it's happening. Okay, fine. But it, all by and large, you know, and I'm not talking about vertigo as a whole because when you talk about you know john constantine and you know swamp thing and you know those are all varied versions of of a hell um yes. but gaiman has a very clear conceit and i think it deserves i think his work deserves its own issue and not to be muddied in with all the rest of what we're doing so i i think that it, it, we're going to leave that by and large alone i'm not going to say it's i'm not going to say we are we are going to not touch on it tonight, but I am going to say that it does deserve a lot more than what we would give it in an hour, along with everything else. That being said, Cole, the weirdest thing for me 
was in my research. And then, you know, just thinking about comics in general, I don't think that either of the big two, and really the 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 big three or four besides, besides Dark Horse, <laughs> has a really clearly defined hell. Hell might be like like hell as in the biblical hell. Exactly the the sort of in the Judeo Christian um, way of thinking in that theology. Right or religious in general because you know hell is a dimension. Okay, well, sure, hell well, is. And it depends on where you look because like if you go and if you take the uh, a sort of. Gygaxian approach. <laughs> I like that. You have this a... <laughs> this weird ass chart you have to go by to that there's like these you know partly Dante, partly God knows what uh, l- version of hell, which is like on this weird uh, spoked wheel, multi layer, weird tapeworm thing going on. So you know those of you who uh, were really steeped in Dungeons and Dragons are visualizing this yes. in your head right in my, now. Yes, oh. you, have, you have stopped me cold now. I don't know if I yeah. can continue. It, it's uh, the Gygaxian continuum there. It's like the uh, the Joseph Campbell's story circle type thing. It's the Gygaxian yeah. uh, wagon wheel of hell. <laughs> wagon wheel. Precisely. <clears throat> but... Like, okay, so take DC. Okay, so the other part of that, right? The, the bifurcated part, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the dichotomous part of this is heaven is often very, very clearly defined. So yes. in image, you've got God is, a, God is a character in DC and Marvel. God is a thing. Yes. You, and God is obvious in, um, in image comics because there have been various instances of characters like uh savage dragon which we did talk about in our religious yes, punching most especially face. uh savage dragon has seen god who appears in the traditional um kind of uh, moses and the ten commandments uh motif or uh, much like in uh minus the uh the dalmatian suit uh, god in his traditional garb in the preacher. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Like God, you is basically often... have God, uh, cosplaying as uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier in clash. Of the Titans. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if he does that now, just on, you know, just yeah, on principle just out of necessity, you know, for just the kids. has to do it for the kids, for his kids. Yeah. For, for the kids, for the 7.5 billion kids. Yeah. Got to got to show up, got to show up in costume. Um, but hell is but hell is different. What's really amazing to me is in all of my research and I am I am versed in comics, right? Like I am I am hip deep in in comics, as are you. I can't think and I couldn't find in my research a single instance of just the devil, just straight up Satan. Like, yeah, this is the devil, not not um, Mephisto, not Dormammu, not Neron, not, not yeah, not Belasco, not yeah, not any of yeah, those guys. I, I'm devil. trying to rack my brain to recall. It's almost like Satan is sort of insulated in comics by layers and layers of demons, and I'm so trying to recall demons. if you ever saw Satan in Swamp Thing. You, I don't think you did. 
that's the thing is the closest you get and I do and because this is the 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 thing we really wanted to talk about tonight, one of the things we really wanted to talk about, because he's never gotten his due on this show, is Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan. I just, I'm telling you, I owned what I thought at the time was a son of Satan comic. To this day, I will kind of as the most brilliant comic I ever owned, because son of Satan was emblazoned across the cover, and you will never ever see that again. Uh, Hellstrom became the kind of go-to, the ad hoc replacement, because you will never, ever see Seven of Satan on the cover of a comic again. And it was something like Marvel Premiere, or one of those where they would just sort of rotate Spotlight, out. Spotlight, probably. Might have been Marvel Spotlight. But, you know, those, like Premiere and Spotlight and a few others, you the actual title got lost behind whatever was the feature that month or those months you know what's but here okay so here's the awesome thing about as we start the son of satan is not the son of satan the son of satan is the son of a demon by the name of and i'm going to spell it because this is the most brilliant cop out i've ever seen in comics in my life it's s-a-t-a-n-n-i-s-h it's oh, satanish. Sat- it's satanish. So it's not Satan. It's or satanish. It's either satanish, which sounds like a very specific type of Satanism. <laughs> We're like, oh, there's no, uh, there's no computers in the satanish Bible. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're Satan worshippers, but they refuse to assume any of the technologies of the modern Englishman. I I read it as like Satan light. Oh like, yeah. It's, it's, he's Satanish. He's Satanish. Yeah. yeah. Have you met yeah, have you met my dad? He's he's Satanish. Oh you Satan? No. No. no he's no, Satan ish. No. Well I can assure you he's <laughs> not Satan. But let me tell you from you know, he's my dad. He's Satanish. He's Satanish. <laughs> And it's the Diet Coke of Satan. And the most awesome, if that isn't awesome enough. Yes. The most awesome thing for me is that the character spawned, the son of Satan character spawned from Stanley bursting into Marvel's offices and going, I've got an idea for a book. Let's write it about Satan. And then somebody was like, I think it was Roy Thomas was like, "Mm, maybe not Satan. Maybe not the full-on devil. I don't think yeah. comics are ready for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do... What if, instead, what if instead we did maybe his son? <laughs> that, that's a pretty, you know, that's a good... You, you could make a lot of money in Hollywood off the Sons of Satan. I mean, they did. Look at uh, Devil's Advocate. Oh, yeah. I mean, Keanu Reeves, that movie's still making money. I was thinking like the uh, the omen, but you know there you go. Oh come on, Devil's Advocate have boobies, and Al Pacino as the devil. <laughs> you can't. I mean, yeah, yeah. Omen's yeah, great. Omen's great. Rosemary's Baby's great. But Al Pacino as the devil, 
that's even better. That's so true. It's it's like everything we ever got into the devil for in the first place. <laughs> I'm not Especially sure those who are, are satanish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I understand you might have a Muggerville character to, rele- to reveal later. Yeah, um, it's indeed. It's, it's un- completely unrelated, but we did get word. Well, of I want I want one just called Sa- Satan Satan Light Crystal Crystal Satan. Crystal Satan, Satan yeah. Zero. All the Satan, none of the uh, worrisome aftertaste or aspartame. It, it's Satanist. <laughs> and it's it's not like people are like, was it, are you a Satanist? No, it's Satanist with a Y. Because he's very athletic, uh, does, you know, trapeze and uh, parallel bars and stuff that are on fire. Okay. And so, yeah, you know, uh, the pommel horse. Sure. He's a satanist. <laughs> They're still working on trying to get an Olympic team together, but there's, you know, a oh, lot of, of uh, a lot of ordinances with fire and all. He also um, he also has a sister, and her name is Satana. So she got a cool name. He got Damon. I mean, Damien Hellstrom is a pretty yeah. cool ass name. That's uh, let's let's be honest. I just. Just uh, pretty much a giveaway. Right, right. But his well, sister's name is like, straight up Satana. It's like Jason Blood over at DC. Oh, it's like, he's another favorite, man. Don't see that one coming. Jason Blood is awesome. Like, there, I don't know if there's ever been a better conceived character than the demon and Jason Blood. Yeah. Like, they are, they are a fantastic duo character um as if we could speak a moment to the demon Etrigan. yes please let's let's get uh, into him because talking about him was my plan i like to talk about him all the time because he's a demon who busts a rhyme <laughs> so your pitch is your pitch is in the dc cinematic universe and call me dead all of this just came off the top of my head. You made a lot of brilliant um, pitches on this show in 333 <laughs> issues. Um, I think Christopher Walken voicing an, uh, a CG Etrigan oh, the Demon might I, I, be the I best. Missed, I missed this when we did our casting call. I just that would be phenomenal. It's perfect. I don't. I, I mean, can't think I, of anything else. Now you've given me. Right, so I was going to read the, a quote from uh, the Swamp Thing Annual uh, when he goes into the afterworld to try to retrieve uh, Abigail's soul. Please do. He's accompanied by the Phantom Stranger, who uh, apparently realizes, you know, he can't go to hell without a boutonniere. Uh, <laughs> you got you to uh, be addressed appropriately. Yeah, I find some, like, peonies or something growing on the side of the the uh the the hillsides there in heaven uh pulls one which i don't know if that's you know you really need to be messing with stuff when it's in heaven uh and puts it in his little uh suit there and when they're entreating etrigan to help swamp thing find abigail's soul which uh, anton arcane has drug into hell etrigan notices the the blossom there and 
I'll, I'll read this as Christopher Walken. How precious this blossom be my fee to plant within yon dark satanic mill and have its beauty there for all to see compared to which heaven or compared to which hell shall grow bleaker still. <laughs> of course, the words of the incredible Alan Moore, who we can't shut up about on the show, as you've noticed. Um, I just love the idea that Etrigan would want a piece of heaven to exist in hell as a reminder of what its denizens will never know. And it's okay. So in my book, the be if if you want to be considered in the top echelons of, of comic writers, you've got to nail. This is like one of those, um, like if you want to be a guitarist, you have to nail this song. You know, if you want to be, you know, what's your what's your guitar solo for? Like my guitar gently weeps. Look like like are you oh, yeah. guitar player? Like if you're a comic writer and you nail Etrigan the demon, you're you're good. Like you you're forever. Yes, exactly. Because some can write him very well. Uh, whoever the hell it was that wrote uh, Arkham uh, Asylum, Living Hell, captured. Etrigan perfectly, and some you can tell are kind of struggling with the verse and the necessity to always hit. You know, they didn't get into this to be the bard. They're just trying to write some damn comics, but then all of a sudden they want Etrigan and the rules all change. Well, if you want a recent representation of <laughs> Etrigan done, uh, done to the somewhere, I would say maybe just short of Alan Moore. Um, um, how do you... Uh, well, it's um, that. Do you remember that Batman Damned book where Batman's wiener was in it and everybody lost their mind? <laughs> uh, basically, Batman Damned is Dante's Inferno for Batman. You show Batman's wiener and everybody loses their mind. <laughs> You're like a dog chasing cars, but cars are Batman's wiener. Um, That's you right. wouldn't know what to do with it if you caught it. Uh, but um, I wouldn't know what to do with a bat dildo, would you? <laughs> but uh, Brian Azzarello right wrote it, and it is essentially a, a six issue, or I'm, I'm sorry, it's a three issue Dante's Inferno with Batman, including uh, the likes yeah. of uh, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, and Etrigan the Demon, and John Constantine, of course, because I mean, but you know, Batman basically goes to. It, not necessarily hell, but the afterlife, and has to make his way back. And Etrigan is in it, and Etrigan, um, Azarello does a fantastic job creating and, and writing the 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 couplets, the the quatrain of Etrigan. Uh, you anybody who hasn't read it for that reason alone should read it. There's only one panel of Batman's Wiener, and there's three books of fantastic um, storytelling. I was actually pretty shocked at how good it was. So check it out. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and the demon. They did an interesting thing with the demon um, back when the New 52 launched. And that was, they had a series, I believe it was called Demon Knights. And Demon Knights followed um, Etrigan, Vandal Savage, and um, I, I will, I'll need to go back and look in one other as in in medieval time, which was it, it covered the I think it covered almost for the 
for the first time in you know in glorious overarching ways the origin of Jason Blood and Etrigan the demons joining but through Merlin and yeah. <laughs> and and it was a sword and sorcery book with Etrigan the demon in it and it was rad it was metal as hell and it was great <laughs> it was great i love the character is so cool like i i again i don't know if there's a better character than you know jason blood the immortal uh, you know the the symbiotic relationship between etrigan and jason and i believe you put it best and i forget what issue we talked about it when you talked about their symbiotic relationship their sim, their symbiosis uh, yeah, and the thing is, it's a symbiosis that borders on a parasitic symbiosis in that they both uh, benefit, but ultimately, Etrigan is the greatest benefactor. True, but you had mentioned something really poignant back then, and it was that, you know, the the whole conceit is, you know, Jason, Jason Blood being a, what is essentially, what was essentially a Knight of the Round Table, um... And um, a, a true, a true and virtuous knight to be bound to this demon forever, to walk the earth bound to this demon forever. And I think that Merlin had something to do with that skullduggery there. He yeah. did. He he's the one that bound them. But you know the idea that Inter, that Etrigan, um, that, that Jason allows Etrigan to um, to infect him him with a little bit of demon so that maybe some of his virtue can leak well, out. Yeah, in fact, I don't him. know if this was, you know, based on someone else's work prior, but it was, again, the incomparable Alan Moore. When you first encounter Etrigan in Swamp Thing uh, during the American Gothic storyline, mm-hmm. and or you first encounter Jason Blood, as a matter of fact. And, you know, uh, at one point he's in this kind of head shop and finds a poster of, uh, is it Goya's uh, The Sleep of Reason? All of a sudden I'm drawing a blank, and we'll probably just throw this in as, uh, it was a um, etching or something like that, known as The Sleep of Reason, and it's one of my favorite pieces of art um, ever and um, anyway he finds this image of you know the individual in repose and the the various owls and bats and things that are surrounding him during his slumber and plaguing his his dreams as you think as you might imagine and uh, he uh, he tells the clerk you know I'll take poster number 27 or what yeah Francisco Goya um he goes, oh, the sleep of reason. He goes, brings forth monsters, which is what the uh, the little uh, subtitle is on the uh, in Spanish on the the actual print. And uh, he goes, yes, Goya showed me the original sketches, and it's just such a wonderful little pinpoint of the fact that Jason Blood is hundreds and thousands of years old, or you know, over a thousand years old, or whatever, and um, or, you know, several thousand. But uh, he, there's this whole sequence of Jason Blood walking around just being a complete asshole to people. And he, um, at one point, he, one of the sort of side characters is someone who's uh, 
talking about how they're going to be bidding on this lawn furniture. His wife's supposed to be bidding on this lawn furniture and how he's going to really be kicking in the summer. And Jason Blood just looks in point blank and says, you'll be uh, in three hours, you'll be dead impaled on a swordfish. <laughs> and, and like the character, you're like, you know, kind of dismissing that completely. And what's wonderful about that is you forget that that was even mentioned because the intensity of the story as it goes forward uh, and then much later, spoiler alert, uh, it turns out that his wife didn't bid on the lawn furniture and he's having to strap this swordfish onto the, this, you know, taxidermy mount onto the roof of the, um, Oh, oh no! It was that the uh, the guy that was going to get the furniture. Uh, he said you're, you're going to be uh, serving time for manslaughter this next summer, and he tells somebody else who had some big ambitions that they'll be dead impaled on a swordfish, and it turns out that you know there's the guy walks out in the middle of the street. The guy, the other guy, screech hit the brakes. The poorly tied down swordfish flies off and impales the guy, <laughs> and. There's later sort of almost a um, an unbeknownst uh, confrontation about why Jason Blood is the way he is, and he explains that at some point in his history with Etrigan, he struck a deal, and he informs Swamp Thing never make a deal with a demon because they will always come out on top. Yeah, and that the deal that he struck was that they would become more like one another. And his, his hope was to kind of rein the demon in, humanize him, so that when he does become manifest, he's not as terrible as a full-on demon. Right. Would be expected to be. And, uh, <laughs> of course, he admonishes uh, Swamp Thing that when you make a deal with a demon, they will always get the upper hand, in which case he explains that per their agreement, he is becoming more like Etrigan. And Etrigan is becoming more like him, becoming more like Etrigan. Right. Yeah, and that's, I think... The frog in the well sort of syndrome. And I think that that's the... I think that's the coolest uh, thing about that... that character grouping is that they are... Um, they feed upon each other. Right? Yeah. Like... You know, Etrigan comes out doesn't doesn't go on a killing spree, right? He generally is is helpful at this point, yeah. generally, um, and there's a reason for that. It's because blood's in there. It's because blood is blood is working on on making uh, on making him a little better, which I yeah. think is a pretty cool um, a pretty cool conceit. Um, speaking of, and you had said. Um, you had said it, you had discussed people becoming demons, and that that sparked my brain to talk a little bit about um, Daniel Patrick Cassidy, who's one of my favorite comic book demons, and he <laughs> is the Blue Devil. Um, and that brings me to another. So the Blue Devil was a um, stuntman who uh, <laughs> was working on a was working on a film. He was a he's a special effects guy and a stuntman guy. I think um, Tom Savini um, was working on a film, doing the, the stunts for a comic book movie in the DC universe kind of meta <laughs> called Blue Devil. And he had made a Blue Devil costume, 
and they unleashed. But for some reason, the Blue Devil costume was instead of just being a rubber suit, right? Or you know, made of rubber and like latex rubber and silicone and other things, it was imbued <laughs> with all manner of tech. Right. I guess they wanted to go all practical and spend a fortune on the suit or whatever, but as I recall, that was one of the more dubious aspects of the character as originally presented. He's just showing off is what it was. He was just he was just showing off his uh his abilities as a special effects guy, probably. Like uh like Rick yeah. Baker over there. Um Yeah, Stuart Freeborn can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I, you have nothing there because you're not. You're I'm not, not you. Actually, yeah. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> uh, heard a little somebody called Chewbacca. You know Chewbacca. Maybe you've heard of him. His name's yeah. Chewbacca. Um, heard a certain Wookiee by the name of Chewbacca. <laughs> but he. Um, Worse, Jane. Uh, <laughs> but he. Um, then gets imbued because they release a demon on the set of this movie. He gets uh, stuck magically to this exoskeleton demon suit that he had built, <laughs> only to like three weeks later be um, approached by the demon or by the demon Neron, who is somebody I really want to talk about. This guy's just and, an and Neron's the one who looks like um, like the brood had a baby with a volcano. Um. In, or am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking of somebody else. Neron, in in most appearances, Neron looks like um, looks like Frank Miller's version of um, the uh, I I forget Fred's last yeah. name, but the lead singer from the B-52s. <laughs> He's always got like a zoot suit on. He's like seven foot tall with the blonde pompadour and like why? Yeah, I found a picture of him like dressed as the. Uh, Hit, like the the hip uh, deviant art redesign of what the golden age Green Lantern would look like if he was a modern age character in a an image book. <laughs> right, right. Like it's like. Mm, yeah, right. I am definitely thinking of somebody else. I think I think of Necron. You are thinking yes. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're thinking of Necron. Um, but yes, near <laughs> Neron. Um, is just an asshole. He's the guy that runs around making deals with people for their souls. Like that's his, that's his shtick. And he's, it's, it's mm, funny, uh, the stuff that he pulls off. But that leads me to the point about, about hell, is there are so many devils and demons constantly vying for, for power. It's like a it's like Game of Thrones trying to keep up with what's with what's going on. Yes, indeed. So, like, <laughs> what is your favorite demon? Wow, I mean, of course, you know, Etrigan's always going to be kind of top of the heap. But gosh, there's so many uh, imps and demons running around that it's it's hard to pinpoint. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, Etrigan becomes sort of the the front runner because of just the sheer volume, right, of appearances, and 
you know, the, the ways in which the character has been utilized and places he's been utilized and the history and all. And I'm trying to think. And, of course, you know, Damien Hellstrom, uh, the son of Satan, is uh, is high up there. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you got to give some uh, props to both Belasco and, you know, there's always some sort of weird um, – designation of what exactly is Belasco? Is he a devil? Is he just a super-powered guy? Or, uh... Right, because he kind of runs with... Uh, he, I, I thought Belasco... Um, hold on. Because I think <clears throat> that Belasco... I thought he was a demon, but also... <laughs> So he's like a space demon or something, if I remember. I hate Marvel so much. Why not? I, they... It's like you know, you go hang out in intergalactic settings and, and plague Silver Surfer and stuff. It's and and of course, you know that does beg the, um, you know, what about these demons and and such in the greater context of a, a galaxy? Right, right, but. It, be, and that's my thing is like so you have like we've we've recently Dormammu was supposed to be a, a, a demon from hell like yeah. like that's what Dormammu was supposed to be well now Dormammu's coming in from um, now Dormammu's coming in from a different dimension and summoning dimensional energies from you know from, yeah. from God um, knows where from his dimension um, which okay but that how do how are we defining hell in comics because we don't get the same thing that we used to get we don't get a straight up oh look it's hell now we get you know oh there's hell dimensions and there's all this different stuff and it, it becomes a very difficult thing to define i think partly nobody really wanted to tread those waters yeah yeah i mean i can see that because you have, like, oh, what is it, Dweller in Darkness, <laughs> which was a, a character from, like, the 70s in Thor. And I think it was supposed to be kind of like a, a low-rent Cthulhu. Okay. Where it was... Like a Shumagorath type thing? Yeah, and he just sort of got this squid face going on and the big veiny head and... And all that, and oh, that came out sounding really dirty. Yeah, yeah, it did. Oh, and apparently was sired by Cthulhu. Oh, really? So we've got no a wonder he's got the family resemblance. So we've got a straight up Cthulhu um, in comics reference that isn't from Dark Horse because Dark Horse is they, they tend to be big oh, they, fans of they, they, they're steeped in it. But yeah, the uh, apparently uh, one of my favorite. Uh, demon characters is despair. Oh yeah, yeah. Because despair would go around and try to like you know mess with people's heads, and um, there was a great Doctor Strange comic where he uh, was trying to get into Doctor Strange into Stephen Strange's head and um, basically force him to kill himself. Oh really? Yeah, but he's he's had a long history in the uh, the old Marvels. He really has. Um, if we're going to talk about demons and hell in the Marvel Universe, we need to talk about one of my favorite crossovers of all time. <laughs> and that is none other than um, 
I can't believe we're going to talk about this. In 88, October of 1988, and I don't remember if, if you reading comics at this point or not. 88, it probably wasn't that much, but I was still reading some nonetheless. Did you read any of um, Inferno, the, the crossover? Oh, wow. No, that uh, <clears throat> was about the point where they were really losing me. Okay, so Inferno was this giant crossover they did, and it was mostly X-featured, right? It was mostly the X-Men books, but it did cross over with um, Avengers, and uh, I think at the time, because of the time period, definitely Spider-Man, um, Power Pack, uh, oh, Power Pack. Daredevil and the Fantastic Four were involved. Uh, basically... Three demons, Limbo. Remember Limbo? Okay. Um, Sim. Limbo was kind of low. When... Yeah, they all these all were kind of low. Sim and Nastrith um, all decided low. they were going to make a run. Low Limbo. Yeah, they were going to make a run. Uh, they were going to open Limbo on Earth, so they were going to make a run on Earth, um, and and let all the demons out. At this at this point, keep in mind this is like Claremont and Simonson. So this is the heyday of confusing ass Marvel. Um, they, there at this point there was a clone of Jean Grey. I know we're shocked, right? Yeah. Um, by the name of Madeline Pryor running around. Now what's interesting about Madeline Pryor, and I've probably waited three hundred and some odd issues yeah, just to, to mention this. There was a Paul Smith illustrated X Men story. I can't remember if it was an annual, a special, a regular issue, what have you that there was a thing with, they were in Alaska. It's where Scott Summers met. No, no, it was somewhere else. Because what happened was, in the context of whatever story this was, there's just a little sidebar where some little girl, a red-headed girl, is saying, my name's Maddie Pryor, and some other bit of dialogue. And then that, you never hear anything else about it. And then you fast forward about a year or so, a very adult redheaded woman becomes Scott Summers' main squeeze before Emma Frost, named Madeline Pryor. Mm. And Maddie Pryor, the in-passing mention, gets no coverage ever. And if I can remember enough of them, one of these years I'm going to write an article about all the times that something was dropped in a comic and never went anywhere. Oh, yeah. At least to my knowledge. There was a, a panel of some sort of drone or something flying along in a Fantastic Four comic by John Piss Me Off Burn. <laughs> that it was this one whole panel, and I followed that damn book for at least another year and a half or two years, and nothing ever came of it. <laughs> what the hell? I want my whatever the hell that was all about. <laughs> I want my resolution, damn it. And I think that. It, it just underscores a, a big complaint that I have is the short game. There, there's always these opportunities aim that oftentimes never amount to anything. Never get realized. That was that was way off topic. I know. No, you're you're absolutely anyway. fine. Um, so Madeline Pryor uh, gets turned into, and I'm going to short shrift this, but uh, Nasrith bargains with Madeline Pryor, and she becomes. Um, she becomes the this demon lady that is the head of the that is the head of all these demons getting unloaded <laughs> on Earth. 
Yeah, I think if anything came out of me not reading that was that in my own personal never-to-be-published comic yes. stuff, I began writing a, a story where these, what were per- perceived as demons, uh, which were all these designs I made in high school, uh, would come <clears throat> pouring out of this portal <laughs> and, and and become the, the big focus of the, the heroes running around trying to capture or destroy them. And... Um... <laughs> and so all these demons are coming to Earth. She is now this, like, Madeline Pryor super demon. Um, and uh, this is where we really get the um, the the uh, the magic Ileana Rasputin. Oh, that's right. Like, like magic, magic stuff, you know? And it becomes a big question of, I guess she's one of those combo characters who's got mutant powers but is also has another set of powers that come from something else which because i think didn't her mutant power was just her stepping discs yeah which she was able really... to open the 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 portals to limbo which is how they used her to uh bring everybody to earth but it was a big demon thing to try to get everybody you know get all the demons to earth and they you know, they possessed her and they gave her more mutiny, demony powers. Um, it was nuts. <laughs> it was, it was crazy dumb. Um, but, and there was Inferno babies, which were like little, inf- like it, uh, God, I can't even talk about in, it. I'm sorry. But she got the soul in, in, sword. Inferno, Inferno babies. Yeah. Yeah. Inferno babies, dude. Inferno um, babies. I'm going to have to call this to the mat here. Inferno babies. All right, you can <clears throat> you you can call it. I, I'm that. just I'm just really increasingly happy I never got involved. Um, I can Inferno babies weren't babies. Okay. Oh, okay. It wasn't like um, hey, all of a sudden I was getting like visions of that. Uh, what's her name, baby? The the stupid uh, '90s dancing baby. Oh. <laughs> On fire. Well, I was thinking it was like the X-Baby. Do you remember the X-Babies where the X-Men got turned into babies? Yes, I remember the X-Babies. But it's not a, it's not X-Babies, but they're almost as bad as X-Babies. Like, like, so, <laughs> god damn, it's so bad. It's so bad. And keep in mind, <laughs> Madeline Pryor also knows the Goblin Queen. Um, That's right. Remember that? Also, like, you know, and, and Mr. Sinister was mixed up in this, too, and the Exterminators. You remember the Exterminators? I, you know, all of passing. this is, yeah, it's familiar to me in that I was aware of it in a kind of painful sidebar way. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. Like, the ex-babies were, um, were this, like, group of, like, mutant demons that um that came out of this and i think they were related to the sinister the mr sinister shit you know it was like maw and face and scab because it's the 90s stupid all right i'm done talking about that because it makes me mad i don't want to talk about that anymore but inferno was amazing at the time just because it was demons man like yeah. I was at an age where I wanted to read some straight up like metal ass like burr-de-de-de-de-de-demons and stuff, you know? And that's what you got. 
that's that's what you got. Um, so good good for them for you know making some demons and shit. <laughs> that they did. Um, so I'm done talking about Inferno now because it just makes me mad. Because at the end they all just decide it's a shared hallucination. Like oh we didn't really this didn't really mm-hmm. happen. Like oh okay all right whatever. Um so that's <laughs> that's what I got there. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. What do you got? Give me something to pull me out of this. I'm, I'm desperately trying to figure out who the hell that demon was. It wasn't Necron either. But um, one that demon, I guess, that uh, – well, actually, let's let's go to the, the heart of comic book demonology, as it were. And if we're going to give so much uh, airtime to Etrigan, we need to also um, – pay tribute to uh initially johnny blaze oh yeah aka the uh marvel's demon uh all these all these dudes need to stop making deals with the devil man i'm just gonna say it yeah like that's a bad idea no it, it you either get possessed by a demon with bad fashion sense <laughs> or you get possessed by a demon with great fashion sense who pretty much ruins the tarmac (laughs) and as a motorcycle rider that had to be bothersome to johnny blaze when he was oh yeah oh yeah his his normal uh but you know johnny blaze yeah becomes the ghost rider and uh it's one of these things where i guess you know there's some kind of deal where uh demons have to do some good stuff for reasons yeah what what is that <laughs> why do these demons always now, end up doing some they good like, stuff they like lose a bet with god they're like oh the Steelers gonna win god like oh. <laughs> of course god would know who's gonna win you don't bet against god but they're intrinsically stupid enough and then like okay well you know i uh I don't have to uh, force mankind to show Batman's wiener, and you have to go and do good for a couple of years. Is it one of those things where it's like, well, so, if I can... Right, we just solved why Batman's wiener. <laughs> God <laughs> lost one bet. Is it, but is it one of those things where the demon, you know, the demons think, if I can get in there, I can, um, I can show people, I can show people that that I'm good that I can show or I can trick people into thinking that I'm doing good and that's how I'm going to get in there and then um and then uh that doesn't work out for them the way they want because yeah. they realize that they are good like is that kind of what we're looking at here or yeah and it could be just sort of a faint on the part of hell <laughs> like oh looky we can play nice so maybe not so bad, Oklahoma City. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! I hope to God I got the right city that has the the devil statue. Oh, that's uh, oh oh you mean the actual the actual devil statue? Yeah, wasn't it the one that has the devil statue? If not, I've so ruined that joke. I think you. I think it was Oklahoma City. Yeah. But then, you know, when you try to tell a joke about the devil statue in Oklahoma City, it immediately sounds like you're invoking something wholly other. And so that really. Uh, you're all right. We're going to pretend that never happened. You're devil made right. me do it. Devil that's, made me do right. it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, 
But I just wonder if that has something to do with it. But I love Ghost Rider because the, the, the Ghost Rider is the best bad guy in the world. Like that's 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 the thing that that's the thing that Ghost Rider is. It's like yeah, I'm a demon. Look into my eyes and you'll know sin, and then you'll have to repent. For wait a second, somebody tricked me. What the hell? What the hell? This seems like I'm doing good things and not bad things. What? What? That's just that's just funny to me. Now I guess you know we're talking about depictions of hell and uh, Casper the friendly demon, as it were. Um, Mel Bolgia. <laughs> Name From sounds Spawn. exactly what he looks like. Mel Bolgia. <laughs> Well, you know, I, uh, there's a really great Italian deli that will make you a nice uh, prosciutto <laughs> and melbolgia sandwich. It's all so good, uh, Johnny Corleone. Uh, <laughs> Is that right? What the hell that was. But, that yeah. was awesome. Uh, I don't care. That was awesome. It's been a long week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a little provolone, and you just, oh, it's it's so good. It's uh, all that, that kind of crusty bread. But uh, melbolgia is effectively the devil of the corner of the so-called image universe that spawned spawn. Oh yeah. He certainly has the power to create spawn if nothing else. Well, and he created, if I'm not mistaken, like a, a big ass army of possible spawns as well. And, and had some relation to the clown by John Leguizamo. Let's just forget that exists. I think that's probably our best bet. Um, <laughs> they're, they're I just love Leguizamo in a, an interview talking about how he had to be crouched down inside the suit at all times while films rolling because, God forbid, you know, somebody would be like, oh, you know, the, the clown's only four foot one. You know, clearly Leguizamo's five feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, what? Just don't be, don't... And I don't know if this is breaking your rules or not. I don't have any rules. Hit me with it. But Preacher did give us, I think, the only comic book devil. Okay, yeah. But Preacher is in its own bubble. It's not the devil of the Marvel Universe, or the, God, no, the devil of the DC Universe. It is the devil of whatever world Preacher takes place in. Because the preacher verse, as it were, exists outside of anything else. Yeah, and I, I think that that's the, they really went for. I mean, they had to, right? They didn't have yeah. a choice. They were they were backed against the wall, and they had to they had to give you they had to give you a a devil. Well, in in much the same way that in Savage Dragon, you know, you have. Uh, God sucker punching Satan, uh, which I I always loved that because it becomes an iconic scene whenever you talk about anything, heaven and hell and and you know these perceptions, this sort of Western perception of the afterlife, um, that you know you you have that dichotomy of of God and the devil and the constant competition or war and. I always fall back on what a friend of mine pointed out, God, 40 years ago or more. Uh, he was, at the time, very steeped in religion and um, made a very fascinating point that stuck with me to this day. Um, 
David Buns, who's been on the show, uh, he said the one thing that people forget when they try to prescribe a certain degree of power or influence upon Satan is that like man, Satan is a created entity, therefore cannot be more powerful than God uh-huh. or even as powerful as God. I'm like, why has nobody ever touched on that before? God doesn't have to come down from the firmament and gut punch the devil. Right. Oh my God. Um, well, he I could create one of those stones that stupid people talk about that's too heavy for him to lift. And whether it is or not, just drop it straight on old Lucifer's noggin. And that's all, you know, that's about it for a few weeks of recovery. I think that we need Fun to fact, talk- it takes, takes Satan two weeks to recover from head wound. Is that how long it takes? It's how long it takes. If I read that blue devil. As we're coming up on, on the end of, um, on the end of this episode, and I think it's been a good episode. I think we've done a pretty good job of, uh, of really breaking down, um, the, you know, halfway to hell. We got, we're going to do another yeah. one of these in 333 issues, people. Yeah. So if you wait, if you wait another decade, <laughs> I want to point out one thing real quick. If you look at DC's The Demon, number 21, from back in the 90s, I think it was, from I think uh, 92 or so, there's a great rendition of the demonic version of Jay's Pillow from Big Mouth. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it up. A little magic moment there for fans of that show. Damn it. Damn it. Um, I think we and that's to... all I can see anymore. Two things, okay? So, number one, the first thing I need to talk about is, and we need, and this is something I want to put on the table to remind me to talk about when we do our, um, our independent comic or our, our, our smaller print comic show. Um, yes, yes, indeed. We're going to be talking about some... Uh, classic uh, big indies. So, yeah, and I do want to talk about this particular indie, okay? And um, back in 1993, uh, Jack Kirby <laughs> created oh. a, an independent imprint with Topps Comics. Topps as in the trading the, card The, the trading card company, yes, because everybody was jumping into... We may have to make that arc a six-issue arc or something. I mean, it might have to be big. It yeah. might have to be big. Um, and one of the books that he did in his uh, Secret City Saga, is what he called it, was a, a comic called The Satan Six. Yes, I remember The Satan Six. And The Satan Six was his version of what the devil was it broken down into six component parts okay and the satan six satan's six i keep saying it wrong um were comprised of brian blue dragon who was a, an, a, a knight of king arthur's court hard luck harrigan who was a petty gambler dr mortius who was basically um a a, a dr jekyll like knockoff 
Kuga the Lion Killer, which was an African warrior, and um, a, a sorceress from ancient Babylon, and then a demon that was supposed to keep them all in line. That was the that was what that was. And through their own, I guess, dumb bumble, dumb bumbles, you know, they kept they kept making things better instead of worse, <laughs> which upset the demon. Um, so I think that that was his basic idea of what uh, Satan was. I wanted to mention that because it's one of those rare instances that you actually get a mention of Satan per se, yes. Directly thrown into the comics, especially by somebody like Jack Kirby. I don't know why um, why Stanley and Jack Kirby had a mat on for Satan himself, <laughs> but they straight up did. Um, but yeah, Jack, for those of you that don't know, Jack Kirby had an imprint through Topps Magazine in 93 that was about a year long, I think. And um, it included a comic called Satan Six. Yes, um, indeed. So if you're keen on uh, that sort of thing. Uh... There you go. Um, and I, I, the last thing I, I really want to talk about is if we're talking about the worst of the worst, right? We're talking about hell. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the worst possible iteration of a demon um i think we need to talk about a character that was developed in 1957 um was developed for um harvey comics damn you i was thinking the same thing none other than hot stuff the little devil because there's nothing there's nothing more demonic more horrifying more well he was the original hell baby Yes, our demon baby. Where the hell those things were? He he was, and and it's a demon in a diaper. There's something horrifying about that. Yeah, and he, he comes. He carries a hay fork as well. Yeah, he well, he, and it's a and big he, red he, one. He, he's red. He has little pink horns on his head. Big red Spock ears. Wears a big white diaper. He does have a bifurcated tail as well. Sure. Uh, so he's got all the iconography of whatever the hell that Bill Cosby movie was with the devil. Oh, God, you devil. Was that it? No, no it was that like, was George uh, Burns. The devil and Mr. Smith goes to Washington or some shit. That was it. Uh, <laughs> <Nailed> it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those really obscure Disney films that got yanked. But, Leonard uh, yeah. Part 666. Six, six. Oh, well yeah. played. Yeah, buddy. He rides so, an ostrich to hell. <laughs> I know enough to get that joke. Nobody should know enough to get that joke. But yeah, Hot Stuff was, you know, he's up there with Baby Huey and uh, so many of these other characters of the Harvey that never got his own mule, whatever that was. And... Never got his own cartoon, but sa- s- satanized, uh, sustained a long career in the funny books. Oh, long time. Still current. Up to now. Yeah. And what's amazing, I've always put hot stuff or a little hot stuff or what, call them what you will. Hell, baby. <laughs> uh, I've always put him in the same category as, to this day, much to my surprise, this has survived into our modern knee-jerk culture. Devils are demon costumes and masks at Halloween. Mm-hmm. 
there's a certain sort of we can kind of wink at oh that's like oh no it's just it, it's uh devilish right it's not the devil it's not the devil you know, and i remember hearing a, a recording of somebody you know uh some self-important evangelical type talking about how the the TV show um, Dark Shadows was preyed off the air. Okay. All right. like, but meanwhile, your kids are reading Little Hot Stuff, and you know nobody's. Uh, there was no even when Little Hot Stuff issue six sixty six came out, there was no outrage. It just went completely unnoticed. I'm surprised uh, there hasn't been a. Um... Mainly because every issue of Little Hot Stuff was issue 666, and in the back it always had a little, like, a chick track about praising Satan. I don't know what that was about. By the but way, it, it, took them, it took them six years to pray it off the air, so good job. Yeah, yeah, but but God heard their prayers. It took a while to get yeah. there, but it got well, there. The people weren't, it kind of went in under the, uh, event, the uh, sort of uh, theological radar. Year or two, the prayer campaigns were starting to get a little steam. It's kind of a grassroots movement. Sure. And then, you know, it took a, a couple more years to really get enough prayer behind it. Oh, okay. And of course, that diverted a lot of prayer uh, away from My Dream of Genie. It diverted a lot of prayer Bewitched. from Bewitched. Yeah, there were a lot of, there was a lot of, you know, you had to pick and choose. Where were you going to direct your pray, prayful energy? And it, it got confusing. You know, yeah. there was a lot of different so, prayers getting fired out in a bunch of different directions. There was an attempt, uh, the magazine Pray Pray. <laughs> sure. P-A-Y-P-R-E-Y. Tried to, you know, bring some sharp focus into things, but for the most part, it didn't have enough big enough subscriber base to really get people to, to work on. You know, here's, here's where we were aiming. If we can get more prayers on, you know, if we can win with dark shadows then we can start working on i dream of genie and right we start we start here this yeah. is where it starts and then we can go from there i just I, you know it's pray yeah, off the, the air yeah the first one they prayed off the air was uh uh satan's uh top american hits sure it's just not rebranded with uh dick clark as american bandstand <laughs> But for a while there, they had a, a pretty good thing going, and you know, just got prayed off the air. It's just a, a, essentially just a, completely yeah. prayed off. And, I mean, it was not even canceled. It was just went away. It was gone. The tapes. No, just, we're glad we just, still remember it existed yeah. in some ways. Exactly. There, I saw an article. Um, but I definitely wanted to mention, for sure, hot stuff because hot stuff is really weird. Like, yeah. that's a weird character to have. Especially in the early 50s. Oh, exactly. I mean, how this didn't offend sensibilities at any point in the last 60 years is beyond me. But sometimes things fall into this. They arrive at a weird angle. Now, we have to mention Hellboy. Because prior to Hellboy, I was not a fan of Mike Mignola. So, like, his early just, Batman stuff? And... I did not like his style at all. Okay. But... Hellboy was the very niche it needed. His art was meant for this book, and I don't think anyone else could do justice to Hellboy the way he does, because it just, it fits. It does, yes. And, uh, of course, the top of the show, we, we mentioned uh, Trigon, the uh, the Titan's own uh, in-house demon. 
<laughs> yes. And I remember David remarking uh, that one of the aspects of when Trigon uh, sired Raven, that he appeared to her would be mom uh, as a very, you know, just this absolutely, uh, what was the, the line in um, Winter Soldier? Uh, specimen. <laughs> yes, yes. As incredibly Zeus. Yeah, he really did. He appears as the most gorgeous man, um, you know, Mr. Olympian, uh, showing up and, and um, then just did like a, a you know, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And, and then, you know, 25, 18 to 20 years later, he shows up as the worst deadbeat dad. And uh, but I remember David mentioning, you know, that's exactly biblically the way the devil is described. He's not described as, this, you know. Uh, Ulysses Everett McGill description he's, he's actually described as being beautiful and alluring and, and that makes more sense you're, you're more likely to uh, you know you catch more flies with honey right <laughs> Oh, honey. we have to mention we cannot get out of here without mentioning the uh, lady demon oh god the most successful oh. Thong-wearing, <laughs> bat-winged, giant horn demonics. Oh. oh, okay, all right. Uh, spinning out of Lady Death. Uh, don't make me tell the story again, because uh, the Chaos Comics, nineteen ninety-six. Love, and then of course Chicago you have Chicago Comic Con, like. Uh, that were also part of that pantheon, Hell's Bells, B-E-L-L-E-S. Yes. Of course, they were like the uh, Swedish bikini team of hell. Oh, God. And I think that these characters got so popular, there were actually action figures. Oh, there were. Statuary. And because this show has, at times, talked about the dirty books, we have to mention... One of the surprisingly almost decent during the the dirty comic boom that we talked about, like on issue 26 or something forever ago, there were a few there were more misses than hits. But one of the oddly kind of fun books, because it had its it didn't take itself seriously. Okay, was Demi the Demoness. Demi? The demoness. The art was actually pretty decent. Okay. The stories were kind of fun. It was a cluster of exactly that in every issue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It was the, the uh, nuclear holocaust of F-bombs, if by F-bombs you're actually the uh, portrayal thereof. Yeah. As you, I'm sure, are now discovering. Yes, but, yeah. holy. But I do enjoy that... the name The Crimson Gash was one of the characters. Oh, oh, oh lovely. Oh. Well, the thing, my takeaway from that comic was when Demi was being um, entered mm. by some major demon. The line, behold, a god who breeds. Just uh. a the best worst nod to Star Trek ever. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, there have been, um, 
resin model kits yes jimmy the demon um just so you know gross all right all right we gotta wrap this up we've gotta we've been talking about demons for a really long time well we wanted to uh weigh in at 66 minutes (laughs) feels like feels like an eternity like it like like hell like, like we've been in hell or something. No, there's so many more we didn't even get to really Mephisto oh, yeah. um, and all of the troubles that he's uh, thrown at the Marvel Universe over time. Um, you know, depictions of different religions, hells, uh, you know. Definite. The Demons 3 um, was an Avangazer Wrath and Ghast. Yes. From uh, DC, DC Comics, too. Date way way back. Uh, yeah. They're they're a '60s trio, and uh, and of course I think they were meant to be brothers, but none of them look alike. Like one of them looks like a a shaved gremlin, and uh, one I is like one covered in circles. <laughs> Aren't those great? They are. So made with uh, all the schnapps on the shelf. All the schnapps. Just give yeah, me all, every oops, every all the flavor. Yeah, they just called it the shaved gremlin. Uh, peach and peppermint and uh, cinnamon and <laughs> it just it you you Rain. really gotta choke that sucker down like reading D- Demi the Slogger. yeah it's that or, time or my... that it's that time that uh, hot stuff showed up in the pages of Demi the Demon yeah like my personal favorite is the uh, Goldschwager uh, vodka and cream the uh, Fool's Russian God damn that's good. Tell me that's yours and not somebody that's, else's. That is actually mine. That I, is good. That is good ass. Got a beverage here. That's good ass. I like it. So uh, next time you are driving down Route 666 <laughs> and you pass through Muggerville. Yeah, yeah, because there is a direct route in from Route 666. It really is. It's one of the few ways to get in uh, comfortably. Uh, a lot of dirt roads and stuff. It's like uh, the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> another reference but the the muggerville seven uh recommend that you be on the lookout uh there's a new villain in town Uh um fresh from spain okay an ex ex patriot spaniard known as senior moment oh god all right senior moment has the ability to stop time (laughs) <laughs> Very, but it's enough time to like you know grab all the cash in the register or or misplace your keys take yeah. your keys keys or you know you you might notice your keys are missing about the time that you also notice he's already starting your car sure <laughs> i like it it's not terribly violent but he is nonetheless dangerous uh especially to property because he's he's a bit of a klepto and uh Powell just, you know, it, it empowers him, uh, it emboldens him uh, into a life of crime. That's good. I like that. We need to make, we need to, seriously, we need to go back and, and need fill an out intern. our roster. We need an intern to go back and listen to every damn thing we ever said. I, I was realizing on the way home tonight, thinking about this very show, that if I tried to kind of catalog some of the things that have come out of the show uh fake comics muggerville seven um the the 
albums of Ulton Cafe, um, any number of things that have come out of this. If I listened to just one show a day, <laughs> it would take a year. It would take a year, man. It would take just over, just around a year to... To really catalog everything yeah. that's happened. I mean, so, I know that there's, I know that, so senior moment, we just need to, we just need to do it. That's it. Because, yeah. well, you know, there are ones we can come up with, like Steel Wool and Turducken off the top of our heads. Cow Hand. Cow Hand. Oh, God, I love Cow Hand. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, what was your, it wasn't Mr. I, what was it? Was it Mr. I? I think it was Mr. I, and, uh, you know, I just remembered that uh, Cowhand yes. has often teamed up with Moon Knight. With who? Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. <laughs> Moo. Moo. Knight. Nuts. God damn it. God. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. On that note, Cole, why yeah. don't you plug us up? So we can get out of here. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, we are uh, coming to you from the Jedi Cole universe at JediCole.com. Moon Knight. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Hashtag Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, God, I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, write to us at jcmail at yahoo.com. You got a show S- coming up. Senior moment. And... Uh, Yes, uh, coming up on the uh, third Sunday of every month from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Central, Isle of Toys, A-I-S-L-E, Isle of Toys. Uh, This month, the toys that time forgot. We're going to be talking about, myself and a guest will be talking about dinosaur toys. Nice. And for myself, I often say that uh, both literally and figuratively, dinosaurs came before Star Wars. And that was my earliest passion, was dinosaur toys. And to this day, I mean, oh my God, you're going to get to see me. The incredibly brief unboxing of the Jurassic World Legacy Brachiosaurus, which brings a tear to my eye every time I turn around and see that thing of beauty uh, there behind me next to the AT-AT, underscoring further that uh, Star Wars came before dinosaurs. Oh, anyway. um. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now the the amber collection oh. is phenomenal. Uh, uh, uh. It's phenomenal. They uh, need to do more than two a release, but by God, the Ian Malcolm um, figure alone is is brilliance. It's it's what it's God's work. But that Velociraptor oh. based on Jurassic Park is dead on in that scale. I was thinking about this, um, and, you know, you're the person to talk to about it, considering dinosaurs and toys. But what I think that um, Jurassic Park did so brilliantly, right, is define dinosaurs in a way that when you see them, you know that not only are they dinosaurs, but they are Jurassic Park dinosaurs yes the they did a very good job of basically making trademark animals yeah it's amazing what they did like the, i can see a velociraptor and know it's a jurassic park velociraptor. Well, and the thing is every once in a blue moon you'll come across an article and this will be something we talk about on the show where people complain about 
the inaccuracies of those dinosaurs. I'm like, what part of these were genetically engineered? If you read the damn book, you would note that if current science is correct and the Velociraptor and Tyrannosaurus were festooned with feathers, the first thing the Jurassic Park engineers would do is eliminate that from their genetic code. Right. Because they want to create the animals that people want to see, not the animals that actually walked the earth. Right. Right. It's just, it's but, something that occurred to me upon looking at those amber oh, figures. God. I was like, Oh, and just to speak to Jurassic Park toys, it was such a hit and miss thing for a while. You know, if there was a Jurassic Park movie out, there would be an influx. And now Mattel is, or is it Hasbro? I think it's Hasbro. Actually, yeah, Hasbro is so madly committed that in 2019 at Toy Fair, they promised in silhouette, it was either 17 or 19 new species. In that line? In that line. Oh. (laughs) And, of course, there are species you never saw in a Jurassic anything film. But you're going to know they're from Jurassic Park. That's the amazing thing about what they do. So you have the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Concavator or the uh, Metriocanthus or... um, I don't know if they've done Giganotosaurus, but that's probably in the works. But the thing about it is you... You're, you haven't seen these things on film, but they're going to do every – it's a public domain. It's a dead animal. Right. So they can do whatever the hell they want. Right. So you're not limited solely to Gallimimus and uh, Ankylosaurus. They can do uh, – uh, you know, I guess I'm, trying, I'm hard-pressed to think of any that didn't make it on film yet. <laughs> they, they really uh, they really fleshed out their roster. Yeah, with that franchise. But, uh, you know, in addition to doing the Fakasauri, like the uh, um, Indioraptor and the uh, the other Fakoraptor, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... That were... Uh, the creation of the narrative of the, the stories, but dear God, uh, I, I actually have their uh, real feel. Mosasaurus? Yeah. That is huge and beautiful, and I love the fact that they did an aquatic species. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> no, they didn't, but they did. That's awesome. All right, so you can... So that's the uh, third Sunday of every month, uh, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Central, Followed immediately on the third Sunday of the, of the month, but even absent that, on the first and third Sundays of every month, myself and Eddie Medina, and whenever possible, a wonderful guest, talk about the Star Wars. Yeah. On the, the Ranch Corps Pit Live, which is now about six years old, I believe. Um, dear God, Isle of Toys is over two years old now. I don't know when that happened <laughs> going strong man you didn't think you were going to be able to do it you were like i don't remember the content I, yeah. and and it just seems like there's no shortage of stuff to talk about and of course with more movies more television shows more everything just it never it's stops like an, all of that on dallasonair.com uh 9 30 a.m and 10 30 a.m um first and third Sundays of the months. And you can find us at HK Comics Show on all of the social medias. Uh, we need to uh, cross that river sticks, buddy. 
it's time to go. Yes, indeed. Um, so say Mono goodnight. Off of Soros, for God's sake. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Uh, you'll see us in 333 more episodes for All the Way to Hell. That's right. We will see you in hell. And you'll see us next week. 333 more. episodes. <laughs> and you'll see us next week for more Hey Kids Comics. Say goodnight, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.